or what is the reason for possible podcasting podcasting but don't know how do you want to make money from your podcast do you want your podcast to be broadcast on various platforms you have one single answer to all your question anchor anchor helps you to create and edit your podcast it shares your podcast across various other podcasting platforms like spotify breaker google podcast all you need to do is anchor this cannot record your podcast and anchor does the rest anchor the one stop podcasting platform for you morning today we take a look at the life of gurbakh singh the long one of the three men tried in the red fort trial along with captain shanawas khan and colonel prem sehgal on november 5 1945 the three men were brought to trial and charged with waging war against the king in violation of section 121 a battery of eminent lawyers defended these three men in court among them were jalhawal nehru and bulabai desai The then commander in chief Claude Auchinleck decided to remit the sentences and the men walked free later. Captain Shanawaj Khan, a captain in the Indian army captured by the Japanese after the fall of Singapore during World War II 1942, profoundly influenced by Netaji Subhash Chandra Bose to join the INA, hypnotized by his personality and speeches. After independence he would later join the Congress party and serve as an MP and also union minister. Colonel Prem Kumar Segal, a graduate of the IMA Dehradun as acting captain, the Paluch Regiment fought against the Japanese in the Battle of Malaya. As prisoner of war, he was motivated by Netaji and joined the IMA, taking up arms against his former British colleagues. Gurbakh Singh Dillon was born in Algonquin, a small village near Amritsar, to Sardar Thakur Singh, a veterinary surgeon, and King George VIII's cavalry. Due to his father's job, he was constantly moving from place to place and studied at various schools in Lahore, Raib and Dipalpur and was a polyglot fluent in Hindi, Urdu, Persian, Punjabi and English. Also a boy scout, he completed his high school from DAV Montgomery, now in Pakistan in 1931 and later taught science for some time at the Gordon Mission College in Rawalpindi. In 1933, on the advice of J.F.L. Taylor, his father's friend, he joined the IIM. Indian Army as a support in the training battalion of the 14th Punjab Regiment and afterwards was sent to IMA Dehradun where he was considered just average. On the outbreak of Second World War, his training in IMA was cut short and was posted to Shaykhil Paltan, the 14th Punjab Regiment and he moved to Secunderabad in 1940. On March 3, 1941, Gurbaksh left for Penang Island, then to Impo and finally to Sungai Patani in South Kerala, now a state of Malaysia. As part of the 5th Indian Infantry Brigade, Gurbaksh was assigned the defence of Penang during the war and was stationed in Zitra in Malaysia close to the Thailand border in December 1941. Following the US entry into the war, the Japanese forces destroyed the RAF squadrons at Alastair, Kotaburu airfields, and under CEO Colonel Fitzpatrick, Gurbaksh led a valiant flight against the invading Japanese forces at the Battle of Changlun for eight long hours before it finally fell. By now it was apparent that the Japanese were taking Singapore and by February 9, 1942, two divisions had landed there. Rafale Square was heavily bombed on February 13, 1942 and Gurbakh Singh had the rather unpleasant task of disposing of the bodies of those killed. 
Finally, on 15th February 1942, Singapore fell to the Japanese and the British forces unconditionally surrendered. It was one of the worst defeats ever for the British Empire, their darkest hour as Churchill called it. The turning point was something called the Farad Park Address on 17th February 1942, two days after Singapore fell to the Japanese. Some 45,000 Indian prisoners of war had gathered to listen to Major Fujiwara Iwachi, who was overseeing the, overseeing the Japanese forces at Singapore. He spoke to the surrendered Indian troops of the need for a joint Indo-Japanese collaboration of pan-Asian prosperity and Japanese interest in a free India. Fujiwara promised the Indian soldiers that they would not be treated as POWs but as friends and allies. The next person to address the meeting would be Captain Mohan Singh, a close friend of the Lord's. Mohan Singh had earlier fought against the Japanese at Zitra and after it fell, it was taken off as a prisoner to Alastar, one of the larger cities in Malaysia. Fujiwara was the one who convinced Mohan Singh to revolt against the British Empire and unite with the Japanese for the greater good of Indian independence. It was Mohan Singh who laid the foundations for the Indian National Army, contacting Indians serving in Southeast Asia and recruiting from the prisoners captured during the war. Motivated by Fujiwara and Mohan Singh, Gurpit Singh Dilong joined the INA on February 17, 1942 and also took a vow not to drink till India became independent. Dilong was placed in the Nissan camp around 21 kilometers from Singapore and later served at the Changi camp looking after the British, Australian prisoners of war. Following ill at Changi, Dilong was sent to, sent to the Silatar camp, one of the Singapore army's main bases, and recovered at the hospital there. After his recovery, Dillon attended the Piratiri Conference organized by Mohan Singh in April 1942, which in a way laid down the rules for INA II. It finally resulted in the Bangkok Resolution, which proclaimed the formation of an All India Independence League. On September 1, 1942, Dillon got his commission and was posted as a major 10 days later. The Bangkok Resolution was not yet ratified by the Japanese and they still did not recognize the INA as an independent army. In the meantime, Mohan Singh was arrested by the Japanese in December 1942 after differences broke out, but Dillon still continued in INA on the advice of Raj Bihari Bose. In the anticipation of Netaji's arrival, INA was now reorganized. Its new headquarters was the Directorate of Military Bureau, DMB with Colonel J.K. Bosley as its director. Dillon was appointed as a Deputy Quartermaster General in the Q branch at Army Headquarters. By April 1943, the Army Headquarters was gazetted and when Netaji finally arrived on July 2, 1943, Dillon was in charge of the 5th Kerala Regiment as a second-in-command to Major J.W. Rodericks. He was responsible for the training, discipline and keeping up the morale of the troops also. Sent to fight on the Alastari, proceeded via Mongoy, Tawai and Rangoon, flew Netaji's personal aircraft, Ajatin from Bangkok to Rangoon in 1944 and also conducted ceremonial parade on October 1944 to commemorate the first anniversary of the provincial government of Azad Hind. On 15th October 1944, he met Netaji at Rangoon and soon was promoted as commander of the Nehru Brigade in INA. He was assigned the task of holding the Erawadi River and formed an advance party from the 9th Battalion left for Pagan in December 1944. On 12th February 1945, the INA defences along Erawadi were bombed by Allied aircraft. An assault was launched on the 8th Battalion at Hover Field. Under severe bombardment and assault, the INA nevertheless managed to hold Irrawaddy thanks to Dillon's leadership, their first major victory. The other assault with the British opposite Nyangu using motorboats was also repelled by the INA, resulting in a huge loss of life. However, INA could not hold for long in the face of the sustained assault and Dillon had to eventually return to Pagar. He was again given the task of checking the Allied advance to Kyok Padong from the British stronghold of Nyangu using guerrilla warfare extensively. 
and this was to deny the British the control of the crucial Nyongo Kyok Podolgo Mektila Road. There were reverses in March 1945 when many of the Nehru Brigade members surrendered under the British assault, leading Nidaji to issue special orders of the day for the execution on crowns of cowardice and desertion. The area of Mount Popa and Kyopkodong offered the strongest resistance against the British attacks, forcing them to use much larger, longer roads which took time and also wore down their vehicles. The situation changed rapidly from April 1945 onwards. The British launched a three-pronged attack on Mount Popa and Kyopkodong, the area suffering heavy bombing. Under furious assault from the British tanks and armored vehicles, INA withdrew to Magwe and by now with Myanmar. Turning against Japan, they did not receive any cooperation from the local residents. The INA had to retreat to Tengjil. They were held by General Aung San's People National Army that controlled these areas. By the time INA crossed the Irrawaddy and reached Prom on May 1, 1945, the war had been lost and Rangoon was already evacuated. Moving through the jungles of Pegu Yomas, they reached Wata, a small village, and learned that Germany had already surrendered. Pegu was already taken by the British and Rangoon soon fell in April. The INA soldiers, soldiers were now war-weary, many of them exhausted, tired and sick from the arduous trek through the jungles. Many lost their lives during the retreat. On March 17, 1945, the INA formally surrendered to the British. The PRWs were sent to Pegu Dilong along with Shanabaj, where they were taken to the number 3 field integration center under the command of Major Singh. Dilong was later shifted to Rangoon Central Jail on May 18, 1945 and Shanawaj soon joined him in June. As the INA trials began of Dilong along with Shanawaj and Prem Sikhar, riots broke out all over India and the naval ratings mutiny broke out. The armed forces which the British used to enforce their authority over India was now turning against them. Mutinies were breaking out everywhere. Most of this played a major role in the British leaving India. Finally, on January 4, 1946, Dilong was released along with Shanawaj and Prem Sikhar after a long trial. Post his release, Gupak Singh Dilong spent his life at Shivpuri in Madhya Pradesh. At Dilong's stand where he passed away peacefully in 2006. Gupak Singh Dilong, a true hero, a man, one of Nitaji Sivashchandrapur's closest associates, one of the three charged in the Red Fort trial. A true hero deserves a salute. Jai Hind.